Hey folks, this is Josh Schlossberg with the Green Root Podcast, the official podcast of Eco Integrity Alliance, eco-integrityalliance.org. This is going to be a different kind of podcast. I am going to be doing this in two parts, and I'm going to be reading and commenting on two different articles here in Colorado newspapers in response to our campaign, Eco Integrity Alliance's campaign on what we're calling firewise, not logging lies. So basically around the idea that we need to cut down, quote, unhealthy forests because they are going to catch fire and murder everyone in society and that fire is bad and all that sort of stuff. And we're instead encouraging people to protect their homes with the firewise measures that work instead of cutting in our carbon storing forests. So... This first one is going to be the Denver Post article. And the situation with both of these is that for many months, we have been trying to get media coverage of the plan to, in Colorado alone, log in 3.5 million acres of national forests. And that's tens of millions across the West. And I also stumbled on a plan to log in about 30, or to thin, quote, thin, 25,000 acres in my county alone. I basically was hiking and then I saw all this logging and I realized I need to address it on the county level too. It gets pretty complicated. So this first article, let's just get right into it. So it took months, just to be clear, and we sent out multiple press releases. We had a billboard put up to encourage our congressional district to not keep doing this sort of stuff. And no journalist would respond to us, anything like that. This particular Denver Post article was supposed to be written by some other Denver Post journalist who spoke to me, who asked for more information, and then just ghosted, just wouldn't even respond to messages. It wasn't like, I'm not covering it anymore, whatever. But John Fielder, he is thought to be Colorado's most eminent nature photographer, he had written a Denver Post op-ed along with Chad Hansen of John Muir Project on this issue uh, several months back. And he knew some journalists at the Denver Post and he reached out to the journalists. And so they wrote this. And then I basically set it up in terms of giving the contacts and the framing of at least our perspective. And I did give them contacts for folks on the other side as well, because that's what journalism is supposed to do. So here is the article. I'm going to read through it, the whole thing. So that's why I'm doing this in two parts. It'll be a different episode for a different article. And I'm going to comment on it because there are some inaccuracies. There's some distortion. There's some propaganda. There's some good stuff there too. And uh, so here we go. Colorado forest lovers brace as feds rev up multi-billion dollar, quote, wildfire crisis logging. I appreciate that they put it in quotes because sometimes they don't. And the subheading, forest lovers decry, quote, devastation, favor better home protection, and ecologists warn of, quote, sterilized landscapes. So that's all good, right? Getting the perspectives across, putting quotes. So it's not saying these are facts. This is what people are saying. And there's a photo of a hiker in a clear cut, in this clear cut, uh, in this park that I have been taking photographs of and telling folks to visit. Lodgepole pines grow thick in mountain foothills forests west of Denver. So notice right away, 
the first line is that they grow thick as if something's wrong. Now, lodgepole pines grow thick. That is what they do. So first sentence, there's already knowingly or unknowingly embedded propaganda. And uh, I think a lot of times the journalists don't know what they're doing, but whatever. Government-backed loggers cut down thousands. This left a hole across several acres of the popular Flying J Ranch Park that close up looks to visitors more like mowing than thinning. Okay, right? That's that's accurate. It is devastating, comma, really sad, said Sandra Griffith, 49, a conifer resident who runs on park trails and after the cutting noticed a surge of chipmunks at her nearby home. So I had gotten a hold of Sandra and... I uh, knew she lived right near the, the cuts and that she was not a fan of it. And so I made sure she spoke to the post. Quote, please don't remove this forest. Take a longer view. If you remove trees, global warming will increase. What damage is the government doing to the planet by mowing down all these trees? So I appreciate the fact that they put the local who is concerned about this at the front of the article. So that's, I think that's fair. And, and I also think... Uh, well, it's good, obviously, from our perspective, but from a journalistic perspective, because for those who don't know, I worked as a journalist for years. I won awards and I wrote, yeah, I wrote perspectives, uh, all perspectives of an issue. That's what I did as a journalist. So in this case, the the status quo is all of the logging in the agencies, right? So it would make sense to start an article, not with mouthing more of their propaganda, but here is what the concern is. So they mostly did that, except for that first line. But forest tree cutting, which is a weird way of framing it, <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Okay, so why forest tree cutting? Guess why he says that? Because the county, and they told me this, they say that us using the term logging is an emotional term. <laughs> so the truth is they're cutting trees down, which is logging. They're actually selling some of the logs for timber. Uh, so they, they want euphemisms and the journalist is happy to comply. Is gaining momentum in Colorado in the West, a federal push boasted by more than 5 billion from Congress to protect populated areas from worsening wildfires as the climate warms. So we pointed out the 5 billion figure uh, to them and we're glad that they used that. U.S. Forest Service documents describe an unprecedented 10-year project to prevent wildfire catastrophes by, quote, treating, good quotations, described as prescribed burns or thinning, up to 50 million acres, mostly public forests in the West. 65% of the forest in Colorado is federally managed. Federal planners have prioritized forests around urban areas, including Colorado's Front Range from Fort Collins southward to Pueblo, designating this 3.5 million acre area as one of the West's most imperiled, quote, high-risk fire sheds. So that's just quoting the Forest Service. That's all well and good. In that Colorado area, roughly 100,000 acres of forest will be thinned or burned. Now that's, it's it's really a tricky thing because their numbers say that they are logging in this 3.5 million area. So 100,000 acres in Colorado, I'm not sure if that's actually true, but whatever. Prescribed fires now face a more rigorous approval process after one blew out of control in New Mexico, which is true. It created New Mexico's biggest wildfire uh, before 2027, and more than 200,000 acres will be treated by 2032. Okay. Regional leaders of the Forest Service told Denver Post. Okay, so that might be some insider information that I didn't have and that the journalists got. And if that's true, that's 
So they're not cutting every bit of the 3.5 million acres. They're cutting 200,000 acres. Um, I wonder if that's how that's actually measured. If, if like you cut four trees in an acre, if that counts as an acre, or if they just count the space that the four trees are holding up, I don't know. Probably not. The agency's documents refer to a total tree removal footprint of 60,000 acres in five years and up to 117,500 acres before 2032. The footprint is, uh, that's confusing. Congress approved billions for the tree cutting in this year's infrastructure and inflation reduction bills as critical climate adaptation, which is true. Well, it's not critical climate adaptation, but it's been included in those bills. The government faces opposition from forest lovers. That's an interesting, not, 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 um, ecology advocates, but just forest lovers, emotional forest lovers, whatever, and environmental advocates, fair enough, who contend logging contractors operating with minimal oversight often mow down trees rather than thinning. Well, I don't even think the thinning makes sense. So that's a partial truth there that we're like, well, we love the thinning, but not when they do clear cuts, get off of public land, sorry. Converting forests to grasslands, which the opponents argue could actually accelerate wind-driven fire. Yes, in grasslands for sure, but even in thinned forests, it is it accelerates wind-driven fire, as the studies are showing. They accuse federal authorities of short-circuiting legally required environmental impact reviews, which which is often true. They favor fire-wise home safety as a smarter way to shave wildfire risk as the only way to shave wildfire risk. Uh, the argument comes down to ecological nuance and costs, which range from 500 to 7,000 an acre. Well, it actually goes up to 10,000 an acre, but whatever. It can be more feasible for 500 an acre. That's pretty low. It can be more feasible for loggers to cut broadly across an acre or more rather than thinning. That sometimes requires hiking on steep and hard to reach terrain, lugging chainsaws to remove trees selectively and optimizing spacing and species diversity. So exactly, it is more, it's cheaper to just make the big hacks. And that's uh, why a lot of this quote thinning is a lot more hack than you think. We can't afford to do that, quote, said Jacqueline, Jacqueline Buchanan, Deputy Regional Director of the Forest Service at the headquarters in Denver. That would cost more like $300 billion, not $3 billion. So they're acknowledging to do the ecological thing that they're making up. It's not even ecological, but to do the, the appropriate treatments would be too expensive for them. So they have to do a hack job. They've, I'm surprised they admitted it. That's an amazing admission. If forests aren't treated, quote, the impacts could be greater, Buchanan said. That's what is poised to happen, which is, of course, bullcrap. Uh, and left uncontested, that would be, I think, shoddy journalism, but that's just their Forest Service perspective. Then there's a photo of to another place that I tipped them off to that was doing current logging where they were moving removing logs. So there's thick logs. In Colorado, the trees don't grow that thick. So maybe these are only one to at most two feet in diameter, if that. But anyone who's saying, yeah, they're they're not even using the logs. And here they're loading the logs. Yes, they are. All right. Fury over forest cutting intensified this summer. Well, <laughs> not really, because media hid this. The politicians and the agencies hid all of this. And so it didn't intensify. It was Eco-Integrity Alliance and a handful of people here in Colorado were in touch with who put <laughs> information out there. But anyway, uh, a grassroots Eco-Integrity Alliance. So that's the only mention of 
of Eco Integrity Alliance in the article, which I'll get to in a second, deployed a billboard in central Denver urging President Biden and Colorado senators, which they don't even name, the whole push behind this, they don't even name those senators because they're Democrats, to stop wasting $3 billion for logging national forests. So yeah, they won't name the, they won't even put the names of the people who are on the billboard uh, who are behind this. Um, and it's interesting. So not to toot my own horn, but this article happened because of John Fielder, I think, the the photographer who connected me with this reporter, but it wouldn't have happened without us. So Eco Integrity Alliance was the reason this story is even out there. The information I provided to them was not just about a dozen contacts, but I laid out all of the studies. I mean, aside from our press release, I laid out all the studies. I excerpted from the studies. I laid it out in this several-page document. And it's funny. So the, so the entity that set this whole thing up got, we got one sentence <laughs> in the article. And yeah, I, I don't, I hope folks don't think that's like an ego thing. I don't care about my name and stuff. I've been in the media a bunch of times. I'm over that. But I could never imagine getting tipped off as a journalist to a story and provided with all of the information for the story or the vast majority of it, and then barely even mention that entity as if they're not important. It's like, well, important enough to have gotten this to you, buddy. All right, moving along. The federal push to protect people against wildfires relies largely on local governments. Well, right. All right, let me just shut up and read this and then I'll comment. Relies largely on local governments and requires cooperation with private landowners. 60% of Colorado is privately owned. Remember before when they said 60 or 65% was publicly owned? That math doesn't add up. That's an error. With federal funds funneled through state agencies such as the Colorado State Forest Service. So the push to protect people against wildfires. It, that should be a quote there, right? Because that's that's just taking that as implicit. Well, the federal push to protect people by logging, uh, that's up for debate. And then this idea that federal funds are funneled through the state agencies, I don't know if that's actually true. I think some of this actually is just uh, state money. That's how work began in the Mountain Foothill Forests, southwest of Denver in Jefferson County, including the 418-acre Flying J Ranch Park and the 667-acre Meyer Ranch Park area. Residents increasingly flock to for recreation as cities densify. Quote, I've been up to see our mitigation projects up close. I've been to the Flying J Ranch. I understand the concerns, quote, said Jefferson County Commissioner Leslie Dahlcamper, who created and leads the county's wildfire risk reduction task force and also serves on Jared, Governor Jared Polis's Colorado Fire Commission. Now, I don't care for Commissioner Dahlcamper, and I know she doesn't care for me. And I had been asking her all summer a simple question. Uh, because they have yet to approve of this particular plan to log in about 25,000 acres of the county. I asked her, have you been to Flying J Ranch, which is where these clear cuts are? She would never answer that. She would respond to other things. She would never answer that. And then finally, I, was, I told the journalist, I'm like, ask her if she's ever been. She won't answer the question. And so she said she had. Now, my take, and I can't prove this, my, I bet you she just recently visited. She visited after the fact because we kept badgering her about it. So that's really interesting. 
And uh, but the benefits far outweigh the issues. So she is in charge of deciding whether this plan pu pushes through. And she's already she's on the county's uh, risk reduction wildfire task force. So she's already she's already uh, biased. She already has her point of view. So there's no way she's going to accept new information about this. She already has her mind made up with the conventional wisdom, which is unfortunate. I'm going to be speaking at the hearing on. Uh, next couple of days or maybe after you hear this to urge them to not just take their conventional wisdom and to listen to what we're saying. And if they can't debunk it, they need to shut down their plans, which won't happen, but whatever. Uh, the benefits far outweigh the issues that are raised, you know, false, but whatever. We know that mitigation can help keep communities safe. <clears throat> yeah. Around the houses. And we do it well is actually very good for the habitat once native grasses come back, Dale Kemper said. And that's the funny thing about this. They get greedy and that's what blows them out of the water. So they're both saying, oh, this will protect from fire and that's a fuel break. Oh, it's also really good ecologically. And it's like your, your large clear cut is good ecologically. I thought you just said it's good for fire. Well, it just so happens it's good for both. And the admissions even by them earlier that said, yeah, well, we have to do more cutting because it's too expensive. Otherwise, completely knocks that argument out of the water. Are they lying? I think they're lying to themselves. Forest cutting plan for Jefferson County foothills, quote, really focuses on thinning. So we are not wiping out forests. All right. We, we know now that thinning also means clear cutting. It doesn't mean anything. Who cares? It's all about the end results, keeping our communities safe, ensuring that fires burn lower to the ground so firefighters can contain them more quickly. If not, it's not if, but when, and we want to ensure we're doing everything on the front end to keep our communities safe. So they're, they're turning it all into, the studies don't show that this thinning protects communities. The studies do show that making homes firewise does protect communities. Why are they spending $5 billion on the thing that at best is doubtful, right? And they're hardly spending any on the thing that we know for sure works. So this idea that also that fires burn lower to the ground, so firefighters contain more quickly. The large wildfires, and you talk to the foresters, they'll agree with you, they burn through anything. It doesn't matter. So these smaller fires are not the ones that are hard to fight anyway. And those are the ones that we should be letting burn in the forest regardless. So their argument really doesn't hold any ground, but I'm not here to debate the Timber Industry perspective. I'm here to critique the journalism. So the journalist was, was perfectly within rights to quote, the county commissioner's perspective. I'm glad I got the commissioner to finally have to acknowledge this publicly because they have been hiding these plans. Next thing is a photo of some a tree cut on the trail. So far, trees have been cut for about 2,300 acres of forest in the county. I think it's a lot more, Dahl Kemper estimated. And county officials say they'll thin, not, quote, clear cut another 1,340 acres of forest on county open space over the next five years. Right. So they're going to do less than they have. I don't believe that. They're ramping everything up and their plan says up to 25,000 acres. Uh, it's unclear how much additional cutting is planned. All right. Good. Denver contractors too. So thus far, I, I can't really fault a ton in this article other than putting in some of these opinions of 
of the industry as fact when they don't do it in quotes, but otherwise it's not bad. Denver contractors too are removing trees from the city's mountain parks, which cover 14,000 acres. City contractors since 2010 have cut or thinned trees on 2,000 acres to mimic natural processes and reestablish mountain meadows, Denver parks and recreation deputy manager Scott Gilmore said. So again, I mean, that's his quote that it's mimicking the processes. So that's fine for them to say that. Going into 2024, we're looking at doing approximately 300 more acres of landscape management in some of the mountain parks the city owns. So the that Flying J was owned both by the Denver Mountain Parks and Jefferson County. And the Denver Mountain Parks actually did the heavier cuts because their patches of forest, they claimed needed it more. Uh, I was told by those in the know that it was just the cheapest and easiest way for them to do is just to clear cut it. Gilmore said, our forest is unhealthy and a lodgepole pine forest should burn. Our forests are not burning because we put out the fires. We're trying to recreate some of the natural ecosystems that people were not around. So I'm not gonna bother with our the endless debate about that being nonsense. There's no such thing as an unhealthy forest, blah, 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 but whatever, that's not why we're here. At the Meyer Ranch Park, a forest restoration and fire mitigation contract for treating 32 acres of mixed forests begun last winter by Colorado Forestry and Fire Mitigation led to new growth of grasses and flowers during summer. That treatment has drawn fewer complaints. Yeah, it's a much smaller cut and the, the main cut is off the trail. Federal officials over the past year initiated the nationwide push to, quote, get ahead of fires. For more than a decade, federal land managers have warned that overly thick forests, a warning climate, House and commercial construction of forest edges and increasingly aggressive fire suppression are leading to full-blown wildfire and forest health crisis. That is what they say. Biden administration Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack met in May 2020 with Governor Polis, Senator Michael Bennett. All right, they're finally naming the congressional district. Representative Joe Neguse should also be Hickenlooper in there, Senator Hickenlooper. And Forest Service leaders in charred woods. And here we go ravaged by, so that's the journalist's word, that they're ravaged, not this natural ecological process, but they're ravaged by Colorado's record 208,913-acre Cameron Peak fire in 2020, a place where prior tree thinning enabled evacuations. Uh, I'll just call bullcrap on that. Uh, the tree thinning allowed people to evacuate. They just drove out of there. I don't know what that means. Uh, doesn't sound true. Federal experts revealed plans to remove up to 70% of trees in forests along Colorado's front range, creating fire breaks designed to both revitalize forests and slow future flames. Whoa. Federal, yeah, up, remove up to 70% of trees in forests. Yeah, that's, uh, is that what you think thinning is? Uh, forest authorities at the time said strategic replanting would be necessary to maintain vegetation crucial for offsetting a net loss of trees. So they're going to cut down trees and then plant trees again. That makes perfect sense. And drawing down carbon dioxide and other heat trapping gases. How about you let the trees grow that are already doing that, you idiots? <laughs> oh, wait, I'm not debating them. Sorry. Hotter, drier conditions combined with wind increasingly have favored not only forest fires, but also catastrophic grass fires even during winter. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, the industry rarely does point that out, but there's the Marshall Fire, which they have a picture of, and that was took place in January of 2022, so this past year, and it was the most destructive fire in Colorado history, 
and it burned all through grassland and neighborhoods. There was no forest to burn through. And that's what we keep pointing out. That's not what the big fires are about. They're not about, quote, fuels. But anyway, ecologists, oh, ecologists critical of large-scale forest cutting point to studies, including work by U.S. Forest Service researchers that prioritize home protection over tree removal to minimize destruction. It's interesting. They're like, ecologists point to the Forest Service. It's like, you mean the Forest Service actually came out with this information? Uh, it's true, but they hide it. And guess what? I was posting one of the studies on Firewise Homes, their main studies, and it had a link to the Forest Service website. A couple months or even weeks after posting it, that link no longer worked. I that could have been a coincidence, right? But it could also have been like, oh man, they're using our information against us. Let's get rid of that. So I had to use a different link. The Biden administration, quote, is telling the public they need to, quote, thin small trees and underbrush the public. Here's that, and they think pruning shears. They don't realize this is actually bulldozers and chainsaws. These are industrial commercial logging operations, said forest ecologist Chad Hansen, director of the California-based John Muir Project, to save the nation's, quote, no, to save the nation's ailing forests. That's what the journalist said. Ailing, the forests are not ailing. More propaganda slipped in there, probably accidentally. You think, ah, oh, these, these darn forests, they're really hurting. The forests are fine. Hansen warned of emerging, quote, sterilized landscapes where forests once stood around cities. That's great. That's great that he said that, and it's great that they include his perspective they're talking about logging tens of millions of acres, and that will cause three big harms, he said. One, when they do these logging projects under the guise of thinning, it creates drier and windier conditions that will make the fires move faster towards towns. That puts communities at greater risk. Two, it makes climate change worse, degrading our carbon sink and taking carbon out of the forest. Three, this is damaging wildlife habitat, hurting biodiversity. So Chad Hansen is a master at this issue, and it is great that the... Journalists contacted him uh, because I asked him to. So full environmental reviews are essential and Colorado residents deserve to know specific plans for tree cutting, said Rocky Smith, a Denver-based consultant who has helped guide nonprofits, including Rocky Mountain Wild. So yeah, Rocky Smith is awesome. I connected the journalist with Rocky because Rocky is my go-to Colorado long-term forest activist guy who has done lots of litigation stuff and he knows he knows the stuff and so really psyched to have him and these folks are better sources than I am I'll just I'll make that very clear even though I would have liked them to have given a little more ink to eco integrity alliance uh, basically they would have had to say oh so we journalists didn't know what was going on and we had to be informed by eco integrity alliance I can see why they wouldn't put that in there the Forest Service isn't telling us where they'll cut or what method they will use, Smith said. We're concerned about the overall arc of the cutting. I don't think there's a plan, and there's a tremendous amount of money available from the Infrastructure Bill and the Inflation Reduction Act, he said. We have a big concern about wildlife habitat. So right on, Rocky. Right on, journalists, for getting Rocky in there. Not just one ecologist's perspective, but a couple. Homes can be, quote, hardened to withstand fire, preserving forests. Some experts contend by installing sprinklers and trimming back trees. It's a little more complicated than that, but close enough. Clear silicone coatings on cedar fences will make them fire resistant. This is a quote. You surround houses with gravel or something that won't ignite. You cut back overhead, I mean, tree limbs, cut some trees down. 
right around homes, said Michael Brame, who runs Evergreen Base Tough House to help owners prepare. I connected Michael to this journalist because I knew he was doing this work. And I said, let's get somebody who's actually doing firewise stuff on the record. You could still have a healthy environment with trees absorbing carbon dioxide and not have a new grasslands going to go up in flames. Right on Michael and right on journalists for quoting him. As government-backed forest thinning revs up, homeowners near forests say they'll resist, emphasizing they have insurance, tolerate risk, and mitigate around their property. And another photo of the clear cut, a lone tree in the clear cut, nicely done by the photographer there. South of Denver and west of Sedalia, Deanna Meyer, 51, who raises goats and chickens, questioned whether grassy gaps in forests would slow or speed wind whip large fires and was, quote, extraordinarily concerned about tree cutting. So we connected Deanna with the journalist as well. She's been working on tree thinning and other ecological issues for quite some time. And she has been on the Green Root podcast, an episode about prairie dogs. I'm surrounded by forest and will do everything in my power to save it, Meyer said, pointing to past logging in her area that left landscapes resembling war zones. I, I like that she said, I will do everything in my power to save it. I, I love that she isn't just, this is unfortunate. I hope it doesn't happen. She's like, yeah, we're going to fight this. They open up the canopy, take the shade off hillsides. You destroy plant life that holds in moisture, heat up the biome by 10 to 20 degrees. Quote, thin forests become hot, dry, and dusty, she said, and forests are moist and cool. And that is the end of this article. And it's weird. When I first read it, I don't know why I I liked it less. Now I like this more <laughs> because, well, it is actually, it does have a lot of the ecological perspective in it. And if I'm going to be completely honest here, it may have actually have more of the concerns than just the propaganda other than the times I mentioned, which I, so balanced journalism. So, well, you need to give 50% to the industry and you need to give 50% to the opponents. Well, industry already has a hundred percent of it, right? They're doing it all. They have all the say of it. They own the airwaves. They, they, they've decided everything. They have politicians mouthing all this. So I think, yeah, having the issue, the concerns, that's the article, right? That's the story. And so giving more ink to that, in this case, I think actually does balance it. Now, I'm biased. Uh, I think if I actually wrote the article myself, because I know I'm so biased, I probably would have given even more ink to more of the industry and agency folks. But... I have to say that this was not a bad, this was a good article. I don't have to be so critical, Joe. This was a good article. This was by Bruce Finley of the Denver Post. I don't know if this was front page or not. I don't get the newspaper. I don't really know anyone who does, but uh, it may have been front page. Otherwise, it's, I think it was prominently placed. So, okay, Denver Post. Uh, well done. Well done from a journalistic perspective. Well done from you know, my bias for this issue. Um, it took a lot of work to make this happen. I, I'm going to be completely honest, just so you guys know. I sent out probably about six different press releases over three or more months. And 
you know, different angles on the press release to every environmental journalist or somebody who covers topics like that in the state. And not a single one was interested in reporting on it. And then I had that one Denver Post reporter who did want to, and then he had me send him stuff and then he just ignored me. He just wouldn't respond to me. Uh, so if it wasn't for John Fielder, who knew this journalist, I don't know if this article would have been written by the Post at all. And that's that's just sad how, so what, you have to know a guy to get an article on a huge, let's just say a topic that's worth covering in the media. So that's creepy. That's weird. It worked out. It was a lot of work to make it happen. Had to spoon feed the information. Um, and keep in mind that I've worked as a journalist, so I know how to make it newsworthy and sound bites for their consumption. And I did all that, and it was still really hard to make it happen. Not most people are going to be as fanatical as me of sending out this many press releases, new press releases this many times with all the campaign just to get them to do a story. It should have been a one email like, hey, Denver Post, they're doing a lot of logging in the area. Maybe you should talk to some folks about it or let people know it's happening. That should have been it. But that's not the way our media works. It's almost like you have to shame them or push them to actually just do their jobs. And it turns out in some cases when they do their job. They do it fairly well. And Bruce Finley is one of their their main reporters, their, their most prestigious reporters who's been there the longest, I believe. So good on him. That's all for this episode. I'm going to do another installment on the Colorado Sun article, which is probably the second biggest newspaper after Denver Post in the state. It's an online-only newspaper, but it's pretty popular. It was made by people who left the Denver Post, and uh, it's still a mainstream news organization, and they wrote an article as well about this that just came out, and so I will do my spiel on that. Hopefully, this was of some benefit, and if not, I tricked you into listening to it. No, just kidding. I'm glad to have had you on board, and we'll talk soon.